What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Saturdays in Seltzers. We have a pretty long episode for you guys this week, but Sarah and I decided not to cut any of it out just because we thought the content was so good. We didn't want to rob the people of it. So to start off the show, we have our mailbag segment, which we love. I think you guys love. And then for the second half of the show, same setup as last week with Kaylee. We have the one and only Jessica Kleinschmidt with us. So we hope you guys love this show. Have a safe and fun Halloween weekend. And all right, let's go. Let's get into it. Y'all know what it is. <laughs> it's Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah, Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. Woo. All right, sis, knock him out, Mike Tyson. Woo. And I like it. Show me a place I can buy it. Woo. What's up, party people? Welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers. Today it is Saturdays and well, Wednesdays in Michelob Ultra, I guess, for me. Uh, my name is Kendra Middleton. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Griffin. We are drinking at 3 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> on a Wednesday recording this because we are going to the Revs game tonight. Ooh. Sarah, what are we drinking? Um, I honestly don't really know what this is. I don't even know what brand it is. It's Rosé Spritz. It's a watermelon one. Mm-hmm. I found it in my fridge. It's actually really good. Okay. Okay. Do we have any, are we adding it in the top three good or? Uh, I don't know if it's top three. Okay. All right. So they, they stay the same. My top three, Hoot Strawberry Kiwi, New Belgium Tropical Punch, and the Pineapple High Noon. Sarah stays the Lover Boy Orange Chai, Watermelon White Claw, and the Bud Light. Is it the Blue Raspberry one? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, you know, nothing, nothing new here. We are keeping it rolling strong with our top three. Sarah, I think before I ask you how Harry Styles was, we need to get a quick shout out out of the way to a listener's dog who had to be put down last week, Dusty Pedroia. So shout out to our listener. Um, If you aren't giving your dog a treat right now, you're an asshole. Pause this podcast, go hug a dog, give mm-hmm. a dog a treat. Um, R.I.P. Dusty, love you long time, brethren. But Sarah, Harry Styles, I know, was the most amazing and scariest, like, few hours ever. But I, I need a quick recap before we get into um, NFL and our mailbag. First of all, Harry Styles confirmed the most perfect human on earth. Just, I had such high expectations, and he fulfilled them. He exceeded them. Everything is perfect. He is so fucking beautiful. Like, he's so hot. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, my God. You're, like, just, like, a beautiful person inside and out. And also, everyone there, because, like, you were saying, I'll get into why we were talking about this one. I'm just like, Harry Styles fans are just the nicest people. Like, it was just such a nice environment to be in. And I was just so happy. Until... <laughs> I left my wallet under my seat as I do. I remembered my hairstyles mm. merch because that was of the most important did. thing at my moment. Um, but yeah, so I left it under my seat and me and Lauren, that's my sister, for those who don't know, we're yeah. going down, like leaving the garden, whatever. We're like at 
we're on the third level of the parking garage. As we're walking, I was like, I forgot my wallet. We go all the way back up the stairs, go up to security. I'm like, listen, I forgot my wallet. Like, is there any way I can get back in there? They're like, yeah, like we can escort you back up. And of course I'm in like balcony 5,000. So they're like, of course you are. Yep. So we have to go through, like we were in the elevator and stuff. So it's fine. But actually Jason Baratek, I, which if anyone doesn't know, I am a Jason Baratek fangirl. I had his poster on my wall when I was like seven. He was in the elevator, but I was so stressed about my wallet. I was like, <gasps> I can't even be bothered with this right now. Sarah! I know. And this you didn't like, get a picture with tech? No. And this is like the third time I've seen him. And the first two times I was just like was fangirling so hard that I was too scared to say anything. Like this is the most perfect moment. So it wasn't at Fenway. It wasn't after a game, like before a game, whatever. Fucking Harry Styles. I know. You fucked up. You fucked but up. I was with the security guard. I'm like, oh my God, what if all my stuff stolen? Like, Would have been like, like security, take my picture. I like told Lauren after she's like, oh, I didn't even notice. I was like, how did you not notice? <laughs> I'm like, oh he's the most God. recognizable person. But anyways, we get up there and they're like, yep, she just needs to go look at the balcony. And the guy's like telling me, he's like, oh yeah, people always like, this happens all the time. It's usually almost always there. And I said to her, I was like, because you said that, it's not going to be there. Just watch. She's like, no, like I'm telling you, it's almost always there. Sure fucking enough. It's not under the seat. He's like, well, are we in the right section? I was like, yes. Okay. I know I'm a dumbass who forgot her wallet, but I can promise you we're in the right section. <laughs> so then he's like, well, then you got to call guest services. Like they probably like someone turned into security down there. I was like, okay, like where's guest services? He's like, well, you can't go to them tonight. You have to go on the day of an event. Like in what way does that make sense that I have to go the day of an event when it's going to be busy again? But so I had to fill out some form. I got an email the next morning, like, yeah, we have something matching that description, which I was like, thank fucking God it's a Harry Styles concert and not Harry like fans. anything else. Like if that was a Bruins game or something, let's be real. That was long gone. I was never getting that wallet back between the cards, the vaccine card. Never. The vaccine card lives on. Sarah, I swear to God, you are the luckiest person with that fucking vaccine card. It's... <laughs> it's unreal like are you allowed to make copies of the vaccine card because i think i should or i take a picture of it (laughs) yeah sarah that is i have never i've gone to many shows many concerts all of those types of things just take a picture of it nobody cares leave it at home put it somewhere you cannot lose it i also have like paperwork from cvs (laughs) you're giving me a heart attack like i sarah this is like the most important piece of documentation you've been given as an adult. Don't lose it. Well, all's well that ends well. This morning, my mom had to bring me to the garden and we, I had some trouble finding the security operator because you had to go into security operations entrance. And so the guy like told me, he's like, yeah, it's in the middle of Legends Way. And I'm like, okay, that's not like a street you can drive on. So I was like, sick. I'm like walking around. This is the morning which like monsooning. There's winds. Like my hat got knocked off me like 10 times. <laughs> and I'm just aimlessly oh running God. around North Station, the garden. And finally, there's like this loading dock area. I guess that's Legends Way. The loading dock is Legends Way, if anyone's ever wondering. It is not halfway down the street also. It was at the very end of the alley and an unmarked ramp. That is the security entrance. <laughs> 
That is. And I came in and the guy was like, oh, I was like, yeah, like I lost something. Like I'm here to pick it up. He was like, oh, like we don't have it down here. I was like, yeah, I know. Like you have to call guest services. I don't know if it was his first day or something. But he's like, well, do you have the number? <laughs> like, like I no. I did have the number, but I was like. I'd be there myself. <laughs> Hello? What are you talking about? I'm like, you're working security. No one's ever lost something. I'm the first person. <laughs> but oh I got it. Everything's what? intact. Nothing was stolen. Shout out Harry Styles fans. TPWK, baby. Yep. That's all that matters. <laughs> that is you're real i'm not kidding sarah i'm gonna take your fucking vaccine card and keep it please do it should not be trusted with me like how have you lived 24 years it like honestly blows my mind sometimes everything i lose everything like these airpods i don't know how i still have them i've had them for like three weeks now i've only lost them once (laughs) oh my god it's like the time that you came to stay at my house and you parked on the side of the street that had all the signs. It was like, do not park on this side of the street. And not only did you do that, but you left your fucking light on all night and your car battery died. I forgot about the fact that that was the same time that my car died too. It was the same night. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. Sometimes it's so funny because like sometimes you are the boy in the relationship and I'm the girl and then other times I'm the boy in the relationship and you're the girl. It's it's so perfect. Balanced. We're always perfectly balanced. <laughs> Yin and yang of podcasting. Also, I think I have your weird I think I have your weird asthma cough because I am having that same thing that you had, but I also have asthma. So like listen to this. Can you hear oh, yeah. that? I, said, I would say, oh, I just, yeah, I, I feel that in my chest. <laughs> Was that like ASMR? Am I doing that right? <laughs> I say you sound like um, exactly what I've sounded like for the last eight months. <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm going to do the world's fastest college and NFL recap and preview because we have a huge mailbag segment and an interview with Jess Kleinschmidt that was fucking sweet to get into, but it was rather long. So this is going to be so quick. Um, college and NFL both kind of blew last week. The Jags weren't playing. Did I watch every game? Yes. Do I have much to say in a quick two minute recap? No. Um, so I'm just going to tell you guys what I'm going to be watching this week. Um, for the NFL, I'm going to be watching obviously tomorrow night Packers Cardinals. I'm really struggling here trying to figure out whether I want to start Aaron Rodgers this week against the Cardinals. Um, I think it's going to, I like, that's the thing is that like Aaron Rodgers is obviously fucking Aaron Rodgers, but the Cardinals defense is so scary. Cause I also have Joe Burrow. So I'm thinking right now I have Joe Burrow starting, but that could change between now and tomorrow. Um, Sarah, I know you're going to say I should start Joey B. <laughs> I was like, you um, know my answer to that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then as far as the Sunday games go, I'm very interested in the Steelers Browns game, the Patriots chargers game, the Jags and the Seahawks game, obviously. Um, and then bucks at saints. I think only the only reason I'm like interested in this game is because it's divisional and the saints are like luckily four and two. And obviously the bucks are the bucks and Jameis used to play for the bucks and like those sorts of things. So I'm a little bit interested in this game. Um, and then I have like a, what the fuck giants at chiefs on Monday night, like even if whoever was making this like Monday night schedule, even if the chiefs were still good, we knew the giants were going to be garbage. And I fucking hate that this is a Monday night matchup. 
Um, so that's all I have to say about that. And then the NCAA football lineup this week, as far as games go, is fucking nuts. This I'm going to be hammered <laughs> from Friday night until Monday morning because not only is it Halloween weekend, but it's like so many fucking rivalry games this weekend. It's unbelievable. So I will be in costume, hammered. Stay tuned later in the show to see what I'm going to be for Halloween. Um, watching all of these games all weekend. It's going to be a shit show. I'm probably going to be drunk starting college game day and just shampoo for the entire weekend. So <laughs> that is the fastest football recap and preview I have ever done. I am very proud of myself on that Ooh. one. So now we are going to be answering all of your questions. Sarah, I think we decided that we're going to make this a monthly thing, right? Yes. I like the mailbags. They're fun. Yeah. I think the mailbags are fun. Um, do you want to do Twitter and I'll do Instagram as always? Yes, ma'am. Cool. Which do you want to start with? Um, I'm pulling up Twitter right now. Okay. I have Instagram already pulled up if you want to, if you want me to okay, get it. Yeah. Well, let's start. All right. Cool. 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 Um, so we got a DM from someone asking us what our biggest thoughts and sort of, you know, advice is to people going through mental health struggles. And I, I honestly love this question. Um, you know, I, from time to time try to do these, you know, mental health check-ins on my personal stuff, just because I think it's huge. You know, I think people are more likely to speak to strangers as far as like struggles and like mental health sort of things go. Um, I don't know why that's so much easier, but at least that's how I operate and how I seem to find other people operating. I think my biggest piece of advice, you know, with someone who has obviously, we all struggle with, you know, sort of mental health things at any given time, but my biggest piece of advice being someone who has lost a loved one very young um, is that it, it's not suicide and like all of those sorts of things are obviously, you know, it affects your loved ones a lot. Like think about it, it's, it, it's, it's selfish and I understand like everyone has those thoughts sometimes. But it's like, how would your mom feel, your pet feel, your, you know, whoever feel if, without you? If you've ever lost someone, um, I think that you, you, you know what those feelings are like. And it's, I, I feel so bad for anyone who's ever lost anyone, but I don't feel any worse for anyone than I do if you've lost a loved one to suicide, because it's like either you didn't know or you didn't know how to help or like you knew that someone was struggling or you didn't know that someone was struggling and you still couldn't help them. Um, so my biggest piece of advice would be that just like with anything else, it's, it's so much scarier in your head and like, doesn't matter if you have no friends, all the friends in the world, sometimes you still feel alone, but you are quite literally never alone. I like that. That's a good way to put it. My biggest mental health advice, obviously is someone that's very struggles very much with anxiety. I think three big things for me would be one you're not a burden. I know it feels like it. Like, obviously that's that anxious mindset. Like, oh, I'm such a burden if I want to tell my friends like what's going on or whatever. But like, no, like you need to let that out because that's where I feel like I struggle the most is if I bottle it up, then there's going to just be that one moment that something small is going to set you off and it's just going to be end of story. Like your day's done, that's it. So I think being able to have, even if it's just one person that you can just talk to. And like, I know a lot of times, like for me at least, like I don't really want advice in those situations. I just want someone to listen and be like, okay, like I'm here for you if you need anything. Like, to be honest, I'd rather prefer no advice, just someone to listen to me. Another thing that works for me also is journaling. 
for the stuff that like sometimes you don't want to like it's hard to like admit some of that stuff out loud so that's something that works for me personally obviously doesn't work for everyone then a third thing would just be I think a big thing for me that helps is mental health days I'm not talking about like oh like let me do a face mask and like whatever if you need to sit around and cry and like stay in bed and do nothing like do it don't feel bad don't feel lazy like I know like you always get that mindset like oh my god I'm doing nothing with my day if like your mental health is just as important as your physical health if not more sometimes like you need to take yep. care of your mind. If that's what you need to do, then do it. Those are three big things totally. for me, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. I think that something that I did before COVID, um, obviously, which now like kind of surviving this is like when you're physically sick, obviously stay home. But I would kind of save all of my like sick days um, as mental health days, just because I always felt like I needed that more. Mm-hmm. And I think that throughout COVID, it's been more normalized that if you need a day to take it, And I I absolutely stand with you on that. If you need a day, take it. If you need an hour, take it. Go for a walk, prioritize yourself. And I think my last comment about this before I get into our next question is have things in your schedule set to look forward to. Because like, if you don't, you're just gonna, you know, stay home, get stuck in that, you know, routine of not seeing people, not doing things that make you happy. Make commitments and set plans. Even if it's taking yourself to dinner, and sitting at a bar. And I know it's not easy for everyone to make conversations with people sitting next to them or the bartender. Even if you're not good at that, try to, or just go and watch a game or something mm-hmm. like that at a bar, get yourself out of the house. And it's like, even if you're like every Thursday night, I'm going to go to this bar or I'm going to go to a new restaurant and I'm going to do this by myself, do it. Freddie's here. Oh, Freddie. I would say Freddie's okay. a good um, mental health too. Totally. Um. So our next Instagram question is, Outside of being a saturated market, what's the biggest barrier to entry that you all have seen getting into sports podcasts? I think just the fact that like, I mean, obviously, like he said, saturated market. I would say the hardest part is, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think it's hard at all. I kind of love it. Other than like the fact that everyone and their mother has a fucking podcast and like, obviously you have to set yourself apart somehow. I like, I really don't think it's hard. Like, and it's, it's a passion project for me. So it's a little bit different. Like it's, it's something that I love to do and maybe something will be a burden at some point. But as of right now, like we talked about this recently, like we're three, three months in as of a week or two ago. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I, I have no, I'm having so much fun. No, that's the thing. I feel like as long as like you're doing it, like I feel like that's what works for us because we both care so much about it and are so invested. It's never like, oh, I have to record, like I can't do this or, oh, I have to go do this for the podcast. Like if you care about it and you're as invested in it and everyone that's involved in it is, then I don't really like, I haven't had any issues so far to this point. And like, yeah, it is a saturated market. Like everyone has a sports podcast, whatever. You just like can't really pay attention to that, you know. Like it's not like we're going yeah. on every day. Like, how's this podcast doing compared to ours? Like, do they have more followers than us? Like, I really don't pay any attention to like I support other people's like our friends and stuff because so many of our friends have podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you support yeah. them? I don't know. You just like can't really pay mind to that. Like, just do your thing. Make sure it's like authentic. You know, yeah. Set yourself apart. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're having fun, I think that that's like all that matters, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, our next question is Boston is a great sports town, but continues to have an abysmal record on race and gender inclusion of the four team fan bases, Sox, Bees, Pat, Celts, which are the most toxic in order. I think that this is a oh, very God. accurate question. 
but like kind of hilarious because Boston sports are super toxic, which is hilarious because it's like such a, like such a liberal place, but so mm-hmm. blue collar and like just weird. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the least inclusive, I would say Pats and Bruins and the most inclusive Sox and Celts. Okay. We are kind of similar. Cause I was going to say Patriots probably is my number one, just because I, I just feel like I've had not great interactions. Mainly I'm just thinking of like yeah. Patriots Twitter. It's not a place I ever mm-hmm. really like to dip my feet mm-hmm. into. And then yeah, Bruins, I feel like it's very hit or miss. Obviously there's different, like there's people in all fan bases that kind of like make it shitty, whatever. But those two are probably at more of the top for me. And then I probably go Red Sox third. And then I don't know much about the Celtics. You know, I'm not a huge basketball person, but from what I hear, like that's probably the most inclusive space for a fan base that there is yeah. and I do like weird Celtics Twitter and they seem to be a very diverse and open yeah. crowd so I like that so I'm gonna put yeah. them last yep I agree with your list completely I also I do love I do love the Celtics um if I weren't a Bucks fan that would probably be the one New England team I'd be willing to migrate to um <laughs> what advice do you have to other women who want to go into sports I think later in this show Jessica Klein's Klein Schmidt has some awesome awesome advice for young girls I think my piece of advice would be honestly have a backbone and I know that a lot of people don't but you you really have to have one because this is such a like non-inclusive space for women at the moment and if you don't have any sort of tough skin you're never going to survive you're going to let shit eat you alive See, I feel like this is where we come in as like the yin and yang again. Cause like, you're like, yes, have a backbone, which absolutely. But then at the same time, I'm like, but also like, be like nice, like show people that you care. I feel like everyone's always like, oh, like, yep. you need to network, whatever. And like, I get that. Like, it's so easy to network. I feel like the idea of it is like, oh, I'm connected to this person on LinkedIn or I'm connected to this person on Twitter. I actually get to know these people, you know? Cause it's so obvious to me. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, like this girl just thinks everyone's so nice, whatever. Like, I know when someone's trying to use me for something, I know, like I yeah. see right through the shit. I was talking to Kendra about it last week. I had an interaction with someone. I was like, this person's using me a thousand percent and I'm mm-hmm. not going to feed it to it, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, fuck yourself. So I want to keep that connection. I'm like, just be like a genuine person, like show people that you care. Cause we're all like going for similar goals. And like you mm-hmm. said, like have a backbone, stay true to yourself, but also like, you know, don't take shit, but also be nice to people. That's how I see it. Yep. Totally. Um, but Jess also had an awesome answer that is different for both of ours. So make sure you stay tuned yes. for a little bit later in the episode for her. Um, what is your favorite sports movie? I think mine is definitely Benchwarmers. What about you? Mine's Miracle. Okay. That's like that's one of my all time favorite movies. So, also very us for me to have like a dumb boy sports <laughs> movie about like people having steroids and macaroni and it making their penis smaller and you having like the fucking miracle. Like that just makes sense. Um, our good friend of the pod, Cayman. Um, the bonk master himself wants to know our three favorite music artists, genres, and songs. I would say if I, all right, so I'm going to do this. I'm taking this question to ask, like, if I had three people to listen to for the rest of my life, who would it be? Okay. And I think as of right now, I'm going to say 
Fleetwood Mac, The Police, and St. John. Okay. Fleetwood Mac's one of mine, actually. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, okay. definitely Fleetwood Mac, Lord. Mm. Who's my third? Because there's a lot I could use for my third. Harry Styles. See, Harry's up there, but I'm like, I don't know if he's my third. I think you need a rapper so you have, like, that covered. Because you have, like, you know, like, the pop, you know, like, sort of in the oldies. I think you need, like, what can you go to the gym to or, like, a party? But I, like, hate my answer because it's Kanye. You can say Drake. (laughs) Oh, Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. No, that is, I, you know what? I respect the fuck out of that answer because if I didn't have St. John and I didn't love him the way that I do, I would have said Kanye because I think that he is, like, the most diverse rapper artist, even though he changed his name to Yay, so are we still allowed to call him that? Um, <laughs> because he he's just like so diverse, like he literally has a little bit of everything through like the time he's been in music. Okay, good. Because I'm like, I know he's not anyone's favorite person, but his music's so no, funny. totally, <laughs> no. But that's a good answer. Um, not a question per se. When is you guys do like a five round seltzer brand draft? Kendra goes first. This is sick. Okay. Five rounds. That's a lot. I would say that might be a whole episode itself. Yeah. Okay. We will circle back to this. I will add yeah. it in my notes that we should do like a seltzer draft. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Spoiler alert. We have a shipment of seltzers coming from a new company that is sending us some stuff that we will probably highlight next week or the week after. So once we try those and our Mark mixes, which don't let me forget to bring you those tonight. Yes. I didn't have any tequila, which is why I'm not drinking that right now. I will bring you that to Gillette tonight. We will do something like, oh no, we should do that like right before Thanksgiving. So people know what to go buy. Ooh, yes. That's a good idea. For the holidays. Okay. Yes, Thank idea. you, Nick, for that question. We will totally do that. Um, Mary F. Kill, guy guy who screamed at you and DM about dating Republicans, John Bristol's finest, Big John, and Ass Crack Man. So one gets to stay off. One is clean. Are they Mary? Fun. This is for you. Yeah. Okay. Mary F. Kill, the guy who screamed at you about dating Republicans, Bristol's finest guy, Big John, and Ass Crack Man. I mean. To be honest, I'm killing basically all. Of, I do have a soft spot for Big John. He I think can, I would marry Big John. I would. Mm, I would. Fuck, this is so hard. I don't really I think like, I, I would. Li- I like Big John. The rest of them, I kind of hate all of them. <laughs> I think I'd fuck the Republican guy because he seems like he would have like really angry hate sex and I would just be like one time and it'd be like over does that make sense no that makes sense I'm I'm just killing basically um, everyone (laughs) and then fuck this is so hard I think I'm gonna kill ass crack man and just leave Bristol's titty guy off of it okay that's fair that was a really roundabout way to get to that conclusion, but that's where I'm at. All right. Is your list the same or do you have something different? Um, this, see, the thing is, I'm like, I literally just want to kill them all except Big John, but I also don't want to marry or fuck Big John. 
So can I be like, mm-hmm. kill all, he can live though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll answer the question. I, I know, bitch. Um, <laughs> Sarah's killing everyone, which I'm very impressed with. I will take that because Sarah will commit murder. Um, and it's not me for once. Hell yeah. So next question. This is for Sarah. Who better represents Boston, the bees or the socks? That is a good question. I'd say the Red Sox, just because I feel like they're so classic. Like, I don't know. I don't really have any great answer for why. They just are. The Red Sox are just Boston to me. Not that the Bruins aren't, but I feel like the Red Sox are just a lot more popular. Yeah. Um, How do I move on from my ex? It's been five years and I miss her every day. Um, I would say... I think you need to learn how to love yourself because I feel like a lot of times when the people are in these situations and it's like, you might love yourself and miss that person, but it's like, if you don't love, you know, your past and get over your past, how can you expect someone to love you or your future? Yeah. You know, my advice would be what I found is if it didn't work out with someone, there is a reason that's just not the person for you. I know that's really hard to accept and it takes so long. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a different timeline, but in the end like that was a good thing for you even if you can't see it now like that sucks that it's been five years but yeah mm-hmm. I don't know I I struggle with that same type of stuff but yeah at the end of the day it's what's best for you like everything happens for a reason yeah. I know that's a stupid response but no it's true there's always that one person that got away I think for everyone that just like everyone will always that there's always that one person um but you know I think that the biggest lesson that I learned in 2021 after, you know, that big thing that I had with that radio show in Boston is that oftentimes it might take you a while to get to the conclusion, but rejection is often protection um, from things that aren't meant for you or your current situation, your future situation, those sorts of things. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that rejection is protection for sure sometimes. Yes, a thousand percent. Um, yeah. Who has better blonde hair between of you sarah's because hers is fake duh i would say Hello? my hair is like, not actually someone blonde, professionally so. does sarah's hair <laughs> i'm yeah. like i don't really someone understand professionally that question. makes sarah's hair blonde yeah i don't really like, understand obviously that it's sarah <laughs> yeah my hair is like just the color that it is because it is naturally that way and it just looks like this <laughs> sarah literally has professional blonde so sarah um okay i know that i'm going to get canceled for this like big time, like my career is over. Favorite Taylor Swift song for both of you. I'm not a T Swift fan. Like I like her. She's fine as a person. Like she's whatever. I just don't like her music. And I like, unlike most girls, I just don't give a fuck about what she's doing. Like she's fine. Like I don't, I don't hate the girl. Nothing. I just like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about her and I'm not into her music. You know, that's a good thing. Cause as a person who is a big Taylor Swift fan, you can't have two Taylor Swift fans on one podcast because that would just be insufferable. Mm. I will fully admit I'm so annoyed. Okay. <laughs> so that's good that we balance each other out in that because you can't have. Two I thought Taylor I was going to get canceled. Fans. No, that's preferable. <laughs> God, my favorite Taylor um, Swift song. Um, Holy Ground. Holy Ground. That's, that's my answer. I'll go listen to it just for you, babe. Um. <laughs> worst dates ever 
Are we allowed to, like, does it have to be a first date or, like, because, like, my worst date ever was one. Okay, because I have a story. I do have one. All right, go. Go off, Queen. This is with my ex-boyfriend who, as we know, not, no one's a big fan of around here. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, like, because. If you're listening to this, I hate your guts, by the way. (laughs) Because I'm, like, I really like his brother and he follows us. So I'm, like, I don't want him to feel bad. (laughs) Nope. Okay. Roast him, sis. So I'm not a big rock climbing fan. My ex was a big rock climbing fan. I would a few times. I hated it. Big shock. Do I seem like someone that would like rock climbing? No. No, I don't like heights. I like flying, but that's about it. So we go on this date. This was probably my fourth time going, which this just shows you how loyal of a fucking person I am. I hate rock climbing. This is my fourth time going. And I made it clear. I was like, I really don't like it. But you know what? You like it? Sure. I'll try. I'll try fourth fucking time. We go with his best friend and his best friend's girlfriend. So this is like a group date. So that almost makes it worse. And again, I hate heights. I, I'm not good at rock climbing. I Most of the time, I would just like sit there and be like, I can't wait for this to be over. Everyone's climbing the high wall. It's like 30 feet. I can't do this for the life of me. I haven't been able to do it the first three times. I'm not going to be able to do it this time. My mind will not let me. So I get up like 10 feet and then I just freeze up. And I'm the only person that still hasn't done it. They're, the three of them are watching me. And I was just like, I can't do it. I can't go. But then I also get scared going down because you're supposed to like push off and then just like let yourself go. Fuck no. I like down climb, which you're not supposed to do also. It's like dangerous, but I'm like, no. I don't trust myself. I know I'm strapped in. I just don't. So I get up 10 feet. And I was like, I can't do this. And then his friends, because like me and my ex are going back and forth a little bit. And I'm like, I just mm-hmm. don't want to do this. I can't do this. I can't. Mm-hmm. And so his friend and his girlfriend like go off like, okay, this is kind of kind of weird. They're starting to make a scene here. And so then it's just the two are of like us. yelling at each other. I'm not yelling. He's yelling at me. And people are starting to stare because he's like, I just don't get what the fuck is so hard for you. He's like, obviously it's a mental thing. Blah, blah, blah. And these girls are next to us. And obviously they see like this boy yelling at this girl. And they're like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Like, what's this guy's yeah. deal? And I just got so overwhelmed. I'm still standing on the wall, just clutching for your life. I start crying. <laughs> crying. And I will never get a single tear comes down and goes 10 feet onto the ground. Oh my God, Sarah. You're like, watch. He's like, I'm so sorry. Just come down whatever way you want. Just whatever. And I'm like, okay. Like freaking the fuck out. I'm coming down. These people are staring at us. People are moving away. Like, I don't want to be a part of whatever the fuck just happened. <gasps> His friend and girlfriend come up to us like, yeah, I think we're going to head out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no. I don't blame you. And you would think a logical person, you would think after this, like, blowout fight in the middle of a rock climbing gym he'd be like yeah we should go too he goes do you care if I stay just for like an extra half an hour just to like finish out this <laughs> I sat in a corner on my phone I'm like texting my friend Maggie I was like um so something funny just happened she's like that's not funny, <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> oh my god and you stayed with this kid <laughs> Take money and run, sis. That's what I would do. Um, RIP and peace to that relationship. Thank God. Um, mine was a, okay. 
I am praying to God that he doesn't hear this or that someone that knows him does not hear this because he <laughs> also is in media. But he was up here. We've been friends for a long time, you know, just like, you know, like internet friends, like media friends on the internet. Like it's just a thing, you know? Um, and like we know a lot of the same people and yada yada. And so this summer he like came up here because his family was visiting the Cape in the summer. And he was like, hey, like I'm coming up. Let's go on a date and like go to a Red Sox game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and so he was like, you know, I'm staying in Chinatown, like would love to like eat some food over there and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, cool. Like hot pot's awesome. We'll go do that. We go to hot pot and he is like being very like subtly racist towards our waitress and like, you know, being like, oh, like asking her if they like cook dog and stuff like that. And I want to leave. I want to leave so bad. Like, and this is the beginning of the day. And I am like, I'm like sweating, like so uncomfortable. And I'm like apologizing. And like people around us are like looking at him and stuff like that. And he doesn't know what to order. And like, obviously their English isn't perfect. And he's like, and then, and then very loudly through our entire dinner, he is speaking about impregnating me and how his mom is like waiting for kids and like all of those sorts of things. And he's like, yeah, like we should just have a baby and like all of this stuff. And I keep telling him, I'm like, I am never having a child. I'm never having a child. I'm not having a kid. I blah, blah, blah. And I just keep repeating this. And I'm just like sitting there, like trying to eat. And like, I'm like, holy shit. I have to like sit with this man through a baseball game. And it's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to like cause a scene or anything. Cause he's also in like the industry. So I didn't know what to do or like, I didn't want there to be any drama. So I like sat through it and like apologized to our waiter when we left and like that sort of thing and like we went to the Red Sox game and like after we walked home because we couldn't get an Uber and my car was parked across the street from his hotel and he was like trying to convince me he was like I have cookies in my room you need these cookies in my room you have to come up to my room like you have to try these cookies and I'm like I'm going home goodbye (laughs) see ya (laughs) And I literally got in my car and I think that that was the fastest I ever drove back to my apartment in my life. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Southern men are relentless. Um, So yeah, that was my worst date experience. Um, Sorry if you were listening to this. Not really though. (laughs) Um, Next question. Would you rather fight one tiger or 20 squirrels? 20 squirrels, no question, because I swear to God, I was a squirrel in my last life because I don't know if I, I don't think I've talked about this on this podcast before. I like definitely was a squirrel in my last life because I could totally hibernate. I can fit lots of food in my cheeks. I'm cute, but I will fuck you up. And I'm ADHD as hell. So (laughs) I think that I could like hypnotize a pack or a squad of 20 squirrels way easier than a tiger. See, my answer is also 20 squirrels, but just because my thought was, I'm like, well, squirrels are smaller. I could just kick them. <laughs> that was my mm, just true. immediate thought. I'm like, I'll just kick them. Tigers, you can't. You Do can't the squirrels have rabies? I don't know. That's a good question. If they're rabbits, that- if they're rabbit squirrels, though, I don't know, man. Yeah, if they're rabid, I don't know. I just kind of give up. I probably won't really put that much effort in. I'll try and kick them. <laughs> yeah, I think I could body a pack of squirrels. I, I'm still going to go with the hypnosis, though. Um, who's going to be the World Series MVP, and why will it be Freddie Freeman? Uh, we actually got into this with Jess Klein Schmidt. I'm sick and cannot speak, if you can't hear this. Um, I 
am dying. Um, I don't have COVID. Fuck everyone on the internet who said that. So you can stay tuned for that answer. Um, okay, the question you have been dreading. Mary fuck kill Ivaldi, McAvoy, and Harry Styles. See, someone asked the same question on Twitter, but switched out McAvoy with Renfro, which that one's easier for you. Cause I'm like, honestly, like, I don't know much about Hunter Renfro. So in that case scenario, mm-hmm. I would kill Hunter Renfro. I love him, but I would kill him. <laughs> Fuck. I, I told like... you the other night that I think that Ivaldi looks like Flynn Ryder from Rapunzel. I would say, I think in both scenarios, I'm marrying Ivaldi because he's a very nice man. He's very handsome, but he also is a family man. So I'm like, okay, that's, I think he's my Mary in both scenarios. But then once I get to McAvoy and Harry Styles, I'm like, fuck, because I know Harry Styles would be the better fuck. But You're killing McAvoy. He's so cute. It's the only obvious answer. I would kill Ivaldi, but that's just me. (laughs) I would marry Harry fuck charlie and kill her or kill evaldi that's like the easiest in all of those scenarios i'm definitely marrying evaldi yeah. but yeah i think i gotta go fuck harry kill mcavoy all right would you guys ever consider getting into formula one i am never gonna say never because obviously if the money is there i would you know do almost anything um but i don't know it's like should we i don't probably not no uh i've seen because i follow some people on twitter that are really big into it they have some cute drivers racers i, I don't know i don't know i don't really mm-hmm. think it is of interest to me it's just driving okay. fast taking left turns i think okay I <laughs> okay um power rank your top three favorite halloween candies uh, is this pre my allergy or post my allergy i say pre Okay, pre, um, nerds rope for sure. Number one, if I'm like on my deathbed, that's how I want to go out. Please let me just anaphylaxis die to a nerds rope and a Gatorade. Um, so number one for me, nerds rope. Number two, Reese's, and number three, Sour Patch Kids. Uh-huh. Is it Reese's or Reese's? I say Reese's. Okay, I think I yeah. Okay, I say Reese's too. Okay, Sarah, what are your what are your top three? Um, not a big candy person. Uh, mm, I found your flaw. I <laughs> uh, I like Kit Kats, so I guess Kit Kats would be number one. Gross, dude. Um, I like nerds, so nerds could be number two. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Sarah hates Halloween. Heard. I love Halloween. I just not been candy. Maybe peach rings. I haven't had them in a long time, but they're good. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, What's the worst response you had to unleash the bonks on? One time, I posted a picture of me drinking a beer or something, and a guy DM'd me and he said, I want to fuck your drunken skull until you die or I die. Ah! <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious, but creepy and also very bonk worthy. 
putt. Oh, you know what? I have one. It was, it was years. It was 2019. That's what it was. I remember I posted a picture on Twitter and I was at the Red Sox game and Nathan Valdi was pitching. So I tweeted a picture of myself because I think I was wearing a jersey or something. I was like, happy Nathan Valdi day. And someone responded and was like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 21 or however old I was, 22 maybe at the time. He goes, oh, you look 14 here, but I would still hit. <laughs> Sir, I would not say that. Sir? I would not say that out loud. And Lips then of course I like, I like tweeted, I was like, hey, police, like, hello. And then like people responded, I was like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, well, you wouldn't. <laughs> Damn. A 14 year old, you're doubling down. We needed the horny police back then. Seriously. Um, those are all our Instagram questions. Sarah, Twitter. Okay, Twitter. Let's see. No seltzers for a year or no sports for a month. Which are you taking? I'm going no seltzers for a year because you can drink literally anything else. I'm not that bothered by that. I know this is yeah, Saturday. I would seltzers, say that as but- well. <laughs> I love seltzers. I die for seltzers, but like I, like I, I'm drinking a Mickey right now because this is what's in my fridge and what I wanted. So it's yeah. like, I can do this. I just, it's not my preference. Yeah. It's not preferable, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have the only song you could ever listen to be blurred lines or have the only movie you could ever watch be boss baby? I say um, boss baby because have... I've never seen yeah. it. Um, but I listen to music way more than I watch movies. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen it, but I don't really like movies because I don't have a great attention span. And apparently Robin Thicke, like sexually assaulted Emily Rada on that set. So he can yeah. get banned. I'm not giving him, I'm not giving him shit. No. Easy question. <laughs> Boss baby all the fucking way. Forever. Never seen it, but sure. Boss baby. <laughs> we should watch okay. it. Can we have, can we smoke weed and watch Boss Baby? Hell yeah. I feel like that movie is yeah. high to watch. <laughs> I don't right, know anything know about it. I've just seen the character. Fine. Edibles it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one was just for me, but I feel like we both could go off this. Which PLL team is a good dark horse pick to win it all? Mm, I'm going to go Chrome. Really? That is they a said dark horse. horse. That is they a said dark horse. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I think they got swag, and that goes a long way. Look good, play good, baby. Facts. I love that uniform. Plus, the mm-hmm. one they were selling the other day that's pink. Fire. So cool. So good. <laughs> At PLL, send us pink unis, please. <laughs> we love the pink jerseys. Go, Chrome. Yep. <laughs> Okay, my dark horse, not really even a dark horse after this season, but I'm still going Atlas just because they're still a younger team and no one really expects them to get as far as they did this year. And they also have nice uniforms. So Atlas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, I like that too. All right, what else do we have here? For Kendra, can the Badger football team upset Iowa this weekend? Absolutely. So I have some thoughts about this. I think that... The Badgers are a really good team. Their defense is phenomenal, 
Um, their problem is turnovers. And I think that if they can control, I think that they have not won the amount of games that they should have this week. Um, I actually won someone a lot of money bet- telling them to bet on Wisconsin beating Purdue last week. But I think was obviously Wisconsin's destiny is in their own hands. Obviously, they have to win out to make it to Indianapolis um, at the end of the season. But that is something I absolutely believe that they can do. But I think that the best thing that they could do for their season is to kick Iowa while they're down. Um, I've been saying on this podcast all all football season long that I think that Iowa is overrated. Um, I think that they had a good stretch, a good run. Um, but I think that I think that this is I don't want to say it's a obviously this is going to be a gritty game. Um, it's a conference matchup and all of those sorts of things. Those are always crazy games. NCAA football is crazy in itself, but I do not count the Badgers out of this game at all. Like I think that they know that they have to win out and that their destiny is in their hands. Um, so yeah, I think that this is a winnable game for the Badgers. I think that they just really have to control the turnovers. Okay. I know nothing, but I'm like, yep. Sounds like a good answer to me. <laughs> cool. This one's for me. What is the most illegal thing you would be willing to do if it meant you could change the outcome of the 2019 Stanley Cup final? Mm. That most illegal? The, I would say, because that was for me the most upsetting sports loss I've ever experienced. Like, I know, like, Patriots, but I'm just like, you know, I'm not as invested in the Patriots as I am the Bruins. Mm-hmm. So that yep. was the most upsetting loss I've experienced um like illegal like I'm not going to murder anyone but what's the tier of illegal things (laughs) I don't know I think like murder arson kidnapping theft I'd commit arson I'd commit arson okay cool all right cool what are we what are we lighting on fire hmm I don't know give me a building (laughs) Yankee Stadium (laughs) All right, yeah, easy. Oh my god, it's so easy. <laughs> Could you imagine being the bitch sitting in jail because you lit Yankee Stadium on fire? <laughs> that be that you do. Every person would be your best friend in Boston. They'd be like, "Yeah, that girl, homie." Right. I was like, if there's a bail, I know I would be bailed out within like maybe two hours, knowing people yep. in Boston. Like, yep. Not even. <laughs> yep all right we are setting the bronx on fire it could probably it's it could probably it's probably overdue all right well that's easy <laughs> okay this is a two-part question one part's for me one part's for you for kendra what is the one team you are a fan of that you would give a title to next if you could jaguars i'd cut off like my left arm okay uh, that's what i figured the no, question. no question no <laughs> question i no question all right. I would donate my left arm to the city of Jacksonville. I full-heartedly believe that. <laughs> I have not a single doubt in my Bethany mind. Bethany Hamilton in this biatch. <laughs> okay, the part for me, for Sarah, worried about the Cannons offseason with Rabel retiring and losing the first rounder that they traded for him from last year. What can they do to improve for next year? I think the biggest thing with the Cannons this year, they had such a talented roster. And yeah, obviously losing Paul Rabel is such a big part of that roster but I think the big thing with you see it everywhere in sports with expansion teams is you're like just thrown into the situation you don't have the same chemistry that all the other teams in the league do so I feel like this is no one expected the Canes to go and win it all that would have been cool sure but I think now that they have that chemistry under their belt they're going to be a lot more well equipped coming into this next season and yeah it sucks they don't have that first round pick but I I don't know like the PLL like you've seen it like 
from top to bottom on every roster, it's the best of the best. Like, it's not like they're losing out on like, oh, well, there goes their one chance to win this season. Like, I don't know. I'm not too worried. I think obviously Paul Rabel's a big, big shoes to replace. I'm not sure who I would put in that spot from now on, but as I dive deeper into like the expansion, not the expansion draft, the college draft and looking at those guys, I think I'll have a better answer, but for the most part, I'm not that worried just because that was that first year. And I think it can only go up from there. That's my two cents. Solid answer. Solid. What else do we have? If every major sport had to swap the balls they use with each other, what would be the most efficient way to do so? No, I'm not high right now. Are they saying which sport do we think would be like the best if they had to switch a ball? That's how I'm reading it. Um, I think you could totally use like a tennis ball in hockey. I was thinking hockey too. I'm like, I feel like the puck's the most easy one that you could switch mm-hmm. out with. Yeah. Yeah. I think a tennis ball for sure. Okay. Let's see. Do we have any others? I think there's a couple others because I also tweet six. I was annoyed because at the time we didn't have a ton of questions like we did last time. So I was like, fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. But then I got a bunch of questions in the We love you though. Like, fuck. Let's see. <laughs> Some, oh, fuck you, whoever tweeted this. It's the Brad Marjan crying gif after Stanley Cup 2019 said, Are you over this yet? Fuck off. St. Louis, I had no problem with the city of St. Louis. Well, with the Blues, I should say. I'm not, I hate the Cardinals. But I'm like, you guys are so irrelevant. And they get one Stanley Cup under their belt and they don't shut the fuck up about it. I'm like, get over it. You guys suck. All right. Like, no, I'm not fucking over it. All right. I mean, how you really feel? <laughs> don't want to get words that. Um, does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. 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 Sweet. We are in love. Oh. So we, that's the most important pressing issue that we need to be unified on. And we are. So there we go. Yeah. Are hot dog sandwiches? No, yes. they're hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they're yes. in my mind, a completely different thing. I swear to God. I don't know if I answered that recently or we talked about this before. I just think they're a hot dog. <laughs> Jackson is sleeping with his paws crossed and I'm freaking out. So cute. Any other questions? Are we done? Who will win the World Series and why will it be the Atlanta Braves? Um, I want to see the Atlanta Braves. So, yeah, I guess the Braves. Braves. (laughs) Yep. Is that it? Yep, I think that's it. Oh, all right. Well, then let us get into our interview. What's up, you guys? We are here with another interview. We have MLB reporter Jessica Kleinschmidt with us this week. Jess, how is it going? Also, I just have to say thank you for joining us, and you look absolutely fantastic Thank you. I told you all before, you know, I actually (laughs) wanted to put makeup on today. It was exciting. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm doing good. It's uh, I'm in in between stages of my last job and my next one, so I'm actually enjoying the break. You know, I mean – if y'all, if y'all cover sports, you know how you can kind of give up your life to it. So I'm kind of enjoying a little bit of, of the break. And I like the World Series in the postseason because instead of covering 30 teams, there's only a couple teams you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm embracing the, the lack of grind, if you will. It's interesting. Totally. Yeah. I feel like the grind is far too often 
glorified and people don't realize that you need a break to sort of keep going in life. So I think it's really cool that you're getting a break right now, especially in the month of October working in sports. Cause that is so rare. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that. Like I, I kind of had to take a step back around myself being in front of a computer or doing all the stuff for 10 to 12 hour days. And you're not doing that. Doesn't mean you're not being productive. It's just, I know I'm a workaholic and I need to kind of like step away and, and find out who I am besides just work. And that's tough because in the industry, you kind of have to divulge into it. You have to make it a part of your life. So I'm embracing like figuring out who I am without being on, you know, being on 24 seven. So it's nice. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I think that that that's like a beautiful thing to say without being on. I know I had a question for you specifically. I don't know about Sarah, but I didn't ask this to our guest Kaylee last week, but I think the biggest question that I mean to ask women in this industry is what is your biggest piece of advice for girls in general, not in this industry, like a younger you, what would you want to know that you know now? And then your favorite piece of advice for girls starting out in this industry or sort of already have a foot in the door. Yeah. I kind of give the funny slash legit answer every time. So if I'm ever out and somebody knows who I am, they'll approach me and say, Hey, I want to get involved in sports. How do I do that? And I kind of fuck with them and say, don't do it. Cause I really want to see their reaction. And there's one of two girls. The first girl will be like, okay, like I won't. And they walk away. The other girl who's like the mini Jess will be like, fuck you. I want to do this. Give me some advice. I will order us both a glass of wine. We'll sit down. We'll talk about it. And it's so glorified. Right. And, and, you know, I always say that my Instagram is definitely a highlight reel, which it has to be in certain aspects. And I feel like it's important to not take that away. Despite me always saying that my career was made on authenticity. I'm very real, but I'm also, I still airbrush some of my shit. I don't want my, my pimples to show and stuff like that, but for me at the age of 12, I've always wanted to do this. I probably would have told myself, keep going because you're going to deal with a lot of the stuff that looks great on Instagram, but it's not going to be great. You know? And I, I think like grinding out like the sweatiness, like I just, I, I remember just always breaking a sweat and, and telling myself like, why am I doing this? And I was writing a blog at like one o'clock in the morning and stuff like that, realizing like the production work is all part of the overall package. And, you know, you also have to have a conversation with yourself and God or your higher power, whoever, if you do want to do it, like, like you said, not just the industry, like I want people to do it because they genuinely want to. If you want to be a stay-at-home wife, if you want to be a nurse, do it because you genuinely want to. And it's not always going to be a high monetary value. And um, in this industry, you're either making nothing or everything. And it's really hard to find the in-between of that. And I also have to remind myself, I'm not extremely coachable because I'm very stubborn and, you know, I'm a college dropout. So I didn't have a perfect, like, like anything that said, oh, this is how it's supposed to go. And, and luckily this industry, you can kind of do your own thing and, and get discovered that way. So I think it would be like, stay, to, stay true to who you are, take as much advice as you possibly can. But authenticity was super important. You know, I wanted to be the next Katie Nolan, the next Sarah Spain, the next Michelle Beadle, and they're doing an amazing job being themselves, right? And to this day, like I was literally FaceTiming this guy that I'm kind of dating last night. And he was like, oh, you're going to be the next Jess Mendoza. I said, no, I'm going to be the first Jess Kleinschmidt. And that's what it comes down to. And it sounds silly, but like, you know, one of my best friends, Melanie Newman, she, she broke records. You know, she started like mm -hmm. history and even she is amazing. I don't know if I could ever do what she does because 
because the way that she approaches it is so unique. That's why there's no competition with me. You know, I don't want anybody to try to be like me because it's a lot. I am a lot. And I don't want, I don't want anybody to have this life sometimes. So I think it's a multitude of that, but the, the day I woke up and, and, and said, fuck everything else, be Jess, my, like my life changed for the better. Even then the, the nasty moments, you appreciate the dark times all of like that. I know that was a long-winded answer, but I think it's so imperative for young girls to hear that it's not always a lo-fi filter and take out a pimple post on Instagram and you make a trillion dollars. It's that's not how it works. Oh yeah. Like you mentioned yeah. authenticity. And I feel like I know you're someone I've looked up to like in baseball, because I feel like you are like baseball is just one of those things where it's like, it's so like, this is the way you have to do it. This is how it's always been done but I feel like you've been a voice now for a while, like, especially on social media, that's kind of given like a new face of baseball reporting where you can like show your own personality and be your true self. Was that something that was like difficult for you starting out or were you just like, fuck it, this is what it's going to be. This is people are either going to like it or not. I had to be faked a little bit at the beginning. I, I would post stuff that I'm saying like, what would Katie Nolan post? Or what would Sarah Spain post? Or let me try to be reporter Jess. Let me try to do this Jess. I had to go through that rough process of the fakeness. Everybody on social media is full of shit. Like we all know that, but I had to like feel that. I had to feel the darkness of this per- like even just today i had this great campaign with drag tv i posted a photo of me with a, an iphone holder without an iphone in it it was a hundred percent fake because i had to take the photo with the iphone but you have to lean into that right but it took me a while to get in there and i realized that I raised i was always the black sheep like i always i i wasn't really super girly but i wasn't not girly i was popular but like i hung out with everybody and i was you know i only went to school to basically play sports and take English classes. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I wanted to be like all these women that I, that were my friends, they were so beautiful and popular and like dating the the football players. And I wanted to be that, but I just like, I tried and I was like, why am I not doing that? And you have to kind of go against everything else in society and just be like, well, what was, what makes me feel comfortable? You have to think about what outfit could you hold on, like wear for your soul, whether it's like a, a yoga, yoga pants, and in tennis shoes and a big fat sweatshirt. That's what I wear on a daily basis. And I love it, but you need to have that comfortable outfit for your soul. As weird as it sounds, you just want to be able to go through life and think, I feel good about myself. I don't feel bad that I was honest because at the end of the day, if I'm fake on this podcast and I go to bed tonight, I'm like, dude, I, I was not, that was, that made me feel like shit. I was not who I actually am type of a deal. So it took, it was a process. Once I did, however, get there, but I wasn't going to get there until I went through the fakeness. You know what I mean? Because as society, we put ourselves in these shoes where we have to be a certain way and everything like that. And I still struggle with it, you know? And like, when I see myself on TV, I'm like, Oh, I look a little fat there. And it turns into a whole thing. I don't even realize like, Oh, you just broke some news. You're looking at your body. And it's like, why do you fucking care, dude? And it sucks, but you get that way. And so I think it was all part of the process. So be fake then become you. It's a weird dynamic, but you have to go through the, through the BS before it. And I just want to say, Sarah, I'm so unbelievably proud of you. I know from the beginning, you've said that you've looked up to me, but you've been doing such a good job and being authentic, I, I think has done wonders for your, for yourself as well. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> that's, that's so cute. Oh, Sarah, I'm going to cry for you. I was going to say, I think my favorite thing about you is your authenticity, but I think that as women in this industry who are finally 
allowed is the word that I'm going to use um, to be authentic and still have a voice and still have a brand and still say fuck when we want to say fuck. I think that we are looked at a lot differently in a place where we worry when we say those things on the internet or in public or do such and such that you know, some network isn't going to look at me now, or I'm looked at differently, or I can't say these things that, you know, any dude in this fucking industry could say, and it's not a problem, but because of the way that we are and women are perceived in this field, I worry constantly about, you know, me being authentic and still, you know, if, if this doesn't work out or that doesn't work out, will I still be able to find a job? Right. What do you, what do you have to say about, you know, this sort of new allowance of authenticity for women in this field and the future of that, like, would you, would you suggest to maintain authentic because it will work out later? Yes and no. And and here's the thing when it comes to major networks, you do have to be careful about what you say um, and post on social media. I can tell you what the joke was like, I would always be in HR offices because I push the envelope on social media, but it's usually me defending myself. If a guy calls me a, like a slut, I get in trouble for defending myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. You brought up the dynamic of like male versus female kind of authenticity on, on TV. So I obviously worked with Dallas Braden a ton and he would go on TV and say, every time an, an A's player would hit a home run, he'd say next stop pound town. And that was fine. He would. And then, and then I, I had him on my podcast on the show once. And I said, we, we have to talk, talk about the A's bullpen. I called the bullpen daddy. You had Liam Hendricks in the bullpen. The guy had like a sub two ERA. It was so good. Dallas could go off on all these sexual innuendos and it was fine. And I wanted to talk like that, not to be cool, but that's who I am. You know, like the cool girl routine. I don't try to be the cool girl. I just who I am. I say, daddy, I like drop F bombs. It's who I am. Dallas would say it. And it was, it was hilarious, right? Oh, this guy who has a full beard, you know, former player being one of the guys says it. And it's hilarious. When I do it, I get crickets and judgment. And it takes, it took me three years to really break through on that, on, you know, the regional networks where they were like, we know what Jess is getting. And it's so hard to balance out being funny, entertaining, and knowledgeable. And that's my favorite challenge. So for me, unfortunately, it did take a while to get there, but you really have to back yourself up and think about it from this way. Us three could be on the panel with Michael Morris, Dallas Braden, Don Trell Willis. Those guys are always going to have more MLB cred because the fact that they they have a baseball reference page. So we have to approach it differently. They don't have to introduce themselves usually, right? I have to sometimes introduce people and show them my accreditation and everything like that. But at the end of the day, same thing. If you're hundred percent authentic and you go on TV and you're talking about a, the reports that you got, who you are as a person and push the envelope a little bit, because sometimes it's just so boring and, and just pale, you have to just be fun and be unique because look at all the people that are doing well. Like you have the, the big names and like, not necessarily the talking heads. I feel like they try a little too hard, mm-hmm. but the people that are themselves, whether it's good or bad, like they're always going to get ahead because they're going to sleep better at night. And they're going to know that they worked hard, did everything they could. I think it's certainly opening up to women to have a voice, but it, it's so, it's so weird because we're, we're telling women to speak up, but we're telling them to be quiet at the same time. I don't think we're quite there yet, but we're on the right path toward it. And I think that that just goes to more than just the, the sports thing. It's about being yourself. And I feel you just draw more people in. And that's why I love my social media following for the most part. I love engaging with them. And I don't feel bad about like just saying what's on my mind and being real. You know, I'm 98% myself on social media. I don't cuss as much, obviously, on social media. That's just for future jobs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's super imperative. I think it'll still be a while until we can 100% 
do all that, but that's a mixture of society and networks there. Your men are going to get in trouble for cussings too. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of interesting from that dynamic. For sure. Um, obviously this is, I know you mentioned that you like to have a glass of wine and as I'm about to say this, this is obviously a seltzer podcast and I am drinking a beer, but um, what is your favorite seltzer and what are your big plans for Halloween weekend before we get into I just got into the high noons and they are so good. So good. I was, I was being told about them for a very long time. And obviously I'm a white, I'm a white claw girl. I love white claw. And, um, and then, so, but I just got into high nudes and, and my friend was like, oh, they're kind of pricey. And like, I didn't notice, but you get like a four pack for, I think 10 bucks, which is definitely more above my pay grade. I'm like this redneck from Reno. I don't know what expensive <laughs> alcohol is. We like used to get the alcohol that had a wolf on it. Like the vodka bottle that had the wolf on it. And you thought you were just like, oh, it's under six bucks, but it gets the job done. Like, let's go. So I do like that. I feel like I'm very adult to you when I drink that. Um, but I, I'll, I'll never say no to white claw and the Trulies are nice, but they're also, they're extremely fruity. And I saw you drinking a Michelob ultra. I love me a Michelob ultra and the, the, the skinny blue moons. Have you had those? No, they're basically just blue moons, but like a seltzer version. They're like the, they're, they're that Ooh. size. They're skinnier. And they're, I think a hundred calories and like low carb and everything like that. Cause all of a sudden I have a metabolism after turning 30, like fuck that, <laughs> whatever. But it just kind of turns into that. Um, and as far as my Halloween plans, I'm actually visiting family. And now that I'm older, we don't really get, I don't really do all the, the partying as much anymore. My partying is still just like getting drunk on a bottle of Chardonnay in my sweats while I live yeah. tweet a, a baseball game. Like it's great. Yep. But my nephews, my nephew, my niece, they're older now, or they're, they're getting older. They actually enjoy dressing up. So I get to go trick-or-treating mm-hmm. with them and stuff like that. But if a party comes up, like it's fine, but I'm in my hometown. I don't really like hang out with much of them. So it's kind totally. of totally. Yeah. Yeah. Bef- before I let Sarah, Sarah intro some baseball, I wanted to get your opinion. I'm between three Halloween costumes. Okay, let's go. So I am between I'm thinking about taking a white t-shirt and making a sugar packet and carry and having like a sippy cup for alcohol and a binky and being a sugar baby. I like that. Or Steve Belichick, you know, how he had like the picture. I could like crimp my hair, wear my Xbox headset and uh, wear like a Patriots hoodie. And then I'm also, I don't know if you, were you on Vine? A little bit. Yeah. Okay, so there was this like huge vine when I was in like middle school of this kid called like the Wicked Wiener. And he basically wore a hot dog outfit and like a witch hat and like would ring people's doorbell and be like, hi, I'm the Wicked Wiener. So those are those are the three things that I'm between. So I love the sugar baby a lot, only because I feel like you'd be able to figure that out rather quickly. Mm -hmm. And Belichick in the cutoff Patriots sweatshirt, they'll always figure it out. The vine, I'm nervous that people won't know what you are. But it's also a good conversation starter, which it depends on the vibe you're going for. Like, do I want people to talk to me at this party? Yes or no. I'm going to lean towards sugar, baby. I really like All that. right. All right. Then that's what I'm doing. I am sold. You do not have to convince me any further. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Sarah, I know you have some thoughts about the Red Sox and Astros that you wanted yes. to ask Jess about. Yeah. So before we get into the World Series, obviously... I did want to just do a quick recap of the Red Sox Astros. Did you watch much of that series? I sure did. I was actually way, way, way more excited than for that series than I actually anticipated. But yeah, and I I watched the Astros obviously with all the A's coverage I do. So I actually, I was looking forward to that. Yeah. 
what did you think? I feel like this is me coming in as like a biased Red Sox fan. I'm like, how did the Astros pitching go from like letting up multiple grand slams in one game, you know, what's his face? Valdez went like eight innings in game five, only let up two earned runs, which at the same time, I think the Red Sox offense, it was bound to happen. They just flatlined. But I'm like, how were they able to just like turn it around so quickly from the start of the series to the end of the series where they were clearly the better team in the end, but the Red Sox just looked so dominant to start. It just pained me. It was painful towards the end. And, and that's, and that's totally understandable. And I will say, I give a lot of, uh, you mentioned Valdez, the guy wasn't even supposed to be a starter. And to, you yeah. know, the joke is I'm old enough to remember when a player, when a starting pitcher went nine innings, you just don't see it. So when they're throwing eight, you're like, <laughs> this is a unicorn right now. And I, I, I will hundred percent agree. Both teams were ridiculously relentless and it was weird because the A's really dominated against the Astros during the regular season. They couldn't mm-hmm. play the Mariners for a whole like for whatever reason, that's a whole different podcast, but I will give the Astros credit. They are extremely relentless. And I noticed with the, with the division series matchups, it was a lot of relentless and who was going to actually end up not losing that much steam. And I love what the Red Sox did every year. I would, I worry about them in the regular season. I'm never worried about the Red Sox in the postseason. Historically, they just know how to handle a postseason. And I've talked to pitchers who are terrified to pitch at Fenway because of how intimidating it is. And of course the Red Sox are used to that. And that's a huge, huge caliber and characteristic to have behind them. So I think you really have to give, and I know don't, this is people are gonna be pissed off that I say this, the Astros some credit because they're able to kind of flip it around. And I like the way that every single other inning, it feels like one of their games is better than the other. So if they're strong in the first two innings, but they're pitching third, fourth, fifth time, or for, for third, fourth, fifth inning, their defense is going to be strong. The rest of the mm-hmm. game, their, their hitting is going to be strong. But the matchup was really, really good. And I really appreciated that. And I felt like it was a pretty even matchup. Um, I think it just came down to not losing steam. Um, they stayed relatively healthy throughout the process. And I was really, really impressed with what they were able to do going into their bullpen. I love Kendall Graveman. I'm so glad they got him at the trade deadline to get that uh, bullpen bolstered. But at the end of the day, like you said, we kind of, we know who won, we know who was able to do it. And I know that last, the first game of the world series is not really a good character representation of what the Astros can do, but I have them winning the world series. And, and as far as like a little bracket that I filled out and it's nothing against the Red Sox, the Red Sox <laughs> knew what they were going up against. And especially with Cora, you know, and he knew what they were going up against. And I, I just love, and, you know, Correa specifically is going to work a little bit extra hard because he wants to leave the Astros um, his final year before he hits free agency with a win. And that's just ultimately what it comes down to. I think people don't want to admit that the Astros are actually a good baseball team and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. It just kind of is what it is. No. Yeah. Like what you said, I feel like they're just a very smart team and they are able to kind of conserve that energy. Whereas the Red Sox kind of like, I don't want to say they like blew it all at the very beginning but it kind of did feel that way especially that last game six they were just being outplayed in every aspect and you mentioned the Astros bullpen I kind of feel like they were like the MVP of that whole series because there's a lot of questions going into that series like who even is their rotation right now you know Granky could barely go two innings at Fenway and I feel like they just stepped up right when they needed to which is why even after like you said like game one's not a great indicator for the World Series but yeah, like it was a great night for Valdez last night, but I feel like they know, like they just are such a smart team that the bullpen, yeah. like 
the management like I love Dusty Baker I love him so much and I like I don't like the Astros but I would like to see him win but yeah I feel like a big part of that was the bullpen and nobody the bullpen doesn't get enough credit I think it has in the last few years like they're giving they're getting more monetary value and like they're getting like two year uh contracts which was unheard of like a decade ago mm-hmm. and you think about it like so Greinke was pulled in the second inning so all of a sudden your bullpen has to elongate itself and I think of like when Chris Bassett was hit in the face we had to put Birch Smith in I think it was like the third inning and if you have a player out of the bullpen, who's able to do that and not just be a shutout guy, like, okay, give me the ninth and I'm daddy. Like everything's good. That's a huge indicator. And it goes to show, I think in the future, we're going to see a lot of people kind of going back and forth between like, like kind of what Dave Roberts did with the opener and have him put in those scenarios. And that gives the bullpen a lot of credit. And toward the end, they're going to get more money for that. They're going to have more job opportunities because maybe it's a guy that who can't, he just can't go past four or five innings, but he's going to be great out of the bullpen. So the bullpen is finally getting the, the love and respect that it deserves after probably the last decade or so. My biggest thing was that I don't care what type of playoff game it is. I don't care if it's a wild card game. I don't care if it's the fucking world series. If you can't get points on the board, how the fuck do you expect to win a game? How do your fans expect you to win a game? I mean, that was my biggest thing in the Red Sox Astros series was that the Red Sox just could not yeah. towards that, like the last few games, like there was like, there's no, you can't win if you can't score points. I agree. And I feel like we were always, we were like kind of spoiled, like Kike Hernandez is up to the plate. Like they're going to be fine. And then even he was like, bro, like I could only do so. I got us here. Like help me a little bit more. And if you look at the way, like Devers, I, I, I feel like, between Devers and Hernandez trying to think who else I don't know I feel like those two would be really great like not only to have my back like at a bar fight but like also in Verdugo yeah like if those guys oh, yeah. have my back oh my back yeah in the bar fight, but also at the plate too and you have those certain guys where you if you really look at the dugout sometimes you see a certain guy like I think Starling Marte for the A's that when he's either at the plate or on base you can see the dugout's just like just, just watch, just watch what's about to happen. And the guy comes through clutch. Not always though. Sometimes they just get tired. It's like, you think mm-hmm. about it. They're having like a second season. That's what the postseason is. And you forget about that. So those, those three guys, when they are not coming through clutch and you know, you're not always going to have like a Travis Ishikawa scenario or Bellinger all of a sudden coming out of nowhere, being yeah. strong in October, yeah. it's tough. So when those guys don't step up, that could create a disastrous situation. Yeah, no, I feel like with Kike, because he was hitting like well over 400 those first few games. And then someone, I saw a tweet, it was like, this guy needs to cool off. Like it's going to happen. And I feel like I kind of jinxed. I was like, nope, just watch, like whatever. And then he just flatlined from there, which I'm like, obviously, like you can't stay hot forever, but it's also not on him to be the one to be like, okay, guys, let me save the day every single game of this series. Totally agree. Totally agree. And that's when the, the heroes are born. Like, that's why, like when, when Kike is not coming through, like you want that guy who was, you know, in single a six months earlier, barely making ends meet coming through clutch. Now he's like highly talked about that's when those guys are born, but you can't be born if you're not going to do anything, you know? So <laughs> it's interesting to see how that turned out. Yeah. Definitely. Um, my last question about the Red Sox and I'm stealing it from Sarah because I just saw that she added a really good question to our show notes before we get into this World Series matchup. Um, she, you know, had some notes in here about what to expect from the Red Sox maybe next season. You know, 
with Schwarber and JD and Correa and all of these types of things. What do you see going on with this team, you know, a year from now or not even a year from now? Free agency is going to be interesting across the league, not because I was actually thinking about it. Like, I know they're going to ask me a free agency question and my mind goes to the shortstop market with Correa and Seager. But then I'm like, wait, the CBA still has to happen. So that's what's interesting too. It's it's, it's almost like we forget that a free agency class is even going to take place. But the team I'm hearing that is interested in Correa I think everybody's interested in him and I think he'd be a great dynamic anywhere else. And I know obviously he has a good relationship with Cora, but that they're not going to be the, the team that's going to be trying very, very hard yeah. to come at him. And I can't, I can't report on it yet. Cause I still need to back it up with one extra re- extra source. However, the team that's going to come out from strong is going to make an interesting case for him, but Schwarber is going to, sh- going to shine wherever he ends up. Cause he's a free agent right after this. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I think that the, the Boston area just embraced him so well. And that's what I love about the Red Sox is there's so much loyalty in those players. And, you know, coming from an A's background, it's a rarity where we see a guy that is on the team for more than four seasons, really. And I feel like, Boston's the type of team that, like I've told you before, like they get to the postseason and then they're, they're golden, but I could see him really becoming a mainstay and not just from a production productive perspective, but I never thought I would ever say that about Schwarber being, I, I thought he'd be like, oh, he's a Cubs lifer. And now I'm like, I can't imagine him on any other team, but the Red Sox. But at the end of the day, you can't be romantic about it. Nobody really gives a shit about that to, to a certain extent, but the Red Sox have that beautiful history where you're allowed to hold on to guys like that and pay them the money that they deserve. This run was great. I think it painted a good light for Cora, of course. And to the point where I almost forgot that Cora hasn't always been a manager, just the way that he approached this game I was like oh that's right he hasn't always been a manager just because you know but he's learned so much with this time at the Astros and of course as a former player himself but it's always kind of interesting to, to watch that dynamic however I I overall it's going to be really interesting I think of course we have to wait for the CBA but I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox started adding more young talent too I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be like a, a huge blockbuster of a trade I don't think they're going to do anything crazy and trade some of their bigger names, but maybe bring on some of these younger guys and like an easy trade where they can kind of develop them to keep that momentum going over the next three or four seasons. Because if you look across the, the, the league, you know, the giants are going to be a really tough team to face over the next Mm -hmm. decade and a half, or maybe half of a decade, I should say. And that's across the board. I mean, A's are going to be struggling in their farm system for a while. The Seattle Mariners are a team that you're going to have to pay attention to and everything like that. So they have smart people in the front office. And I think they're just going to be concentrating on keeping the guys that they have now and maybe bringing on some younger guys who could step up toward, you know, that September 1st call up line, but I'm excited to see what they do. They're a big question mark for me. I don't think they're going to do anything crazy, but it's going to be interesting to see how they approach free agency. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause I feel like blooms. Oh, I was going to say blooms, not someone to do like anything too wild especially now after like I feel like the Mookie trade was like the pinnacle right there and from like, there I on I think like, you're done like you're done yeah. <laughs> you're done for a while like you're just relaxed for a little bit and and everything like that so yeah it's going to be interesting I kind of like that though I like how they can kind of they're not like they, they're actually set up pretty well which is kind of cool to see yeah those are some really really valid points um 
gonna move into the World Series really quick. Obviously, that is the hot ticket in town at the moment. Um, I know you said you were taking the Astros. How did you arrive to this conclusion? So it was actually funny. I hate filling out brackets. I think they're stupid. I hate predictions because not only because I'm wrong, but baseball is the worst possible sport that you can give predictions on. It's so finicky and so streaky and relentless. Um, but I was filling out the bracket because a girlfriend of mine who doesn't know anything about baseball would be like, Hey, I'm doing this for work. Can you fill it out? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm a sports reporter. I got this. <laughs> I had, I had the Yankees winning that wild card game. And from there, it was just a shit show. So Me too. I, yeah, exactly. I was, I was like, we know the Yankees are going to do well, but like jokes on me. And I was proud to like be wrong. And so the reason why I concluded to that is I do have a lot of exposure to the Astros. I just know how they, they like you boo Altuve and he goes yard. I've seen it four freaking times. It's like, that is their, that's their bread and butter. And then Correa in the postseason is insane. I know they don't have to worry about George Springer, which is great for the Braves right now. Cause um, Springer, when he's healthy in the postseason especially at a place like Minute Maid Park, like he's just going to go yard every single time. But, and I, and I really, we talked about the bullpen. I really think that's going to be their saving grace. Should they win at all? Um, I don't think that you should put everything on Kendall Graveman, but that guy, a sub one ERA on it mm. in the AL West was is really tough to come by right now. And he did really well heading into the trade deadline. And obviously it was super emotional for him because of how close he got with the Mariners, but it was a, a well, it was an interesting thing. He was a former a went through all these surgeries, injuries. It was great for him. And now he's just doing phenomenally well. Um, and obviously they're hitting as well. is really good. I've, I've said that before. And they have Michael Brantley who just does not get enough attention about how beautiful and, and smooth his swing is, yeah. how he's able to come up clutch. He's a veteran presence everything like that. Dusty Baker leading it all. He knows how to handle a postseason, not just the old school mentality, but he's, I really like the way he handled like sticking up for the Astros with all the cheating stuff. That's never going to go away. Um, and like you said, we want Dusty Baker to win a ring, right? Yeah, everything I do like want to see Dusty so they're, win. <laughs> they're just a, exactly. And they're, they're a solid team and I, they have the perfect mixture of young rowdiness, but all the, all the guys that I used to say were like young and scrappy are now the veterans and they they know how to handle it. And I kind of love that dynamic as well. So that's where I ultimately came down with it. They have all the ingredients. They are very relentless and I will give them that. And they just, unfortunately for a lot of people who are anti Astros, which is just about everybody, they, um, they're a good ball team. I can't shake them from that. That is a good point. Sarah, you are cracking me up in our show notes this week. I, I think that you have to tell her what your Valdez show notes, Jay, because like it is the funniest thing you could have put in here. I would say, because I put down the stats for if Valdez pitched. <laughs> yeah, what did I have in here? He went eight innings with just the one earned run in game five of ALCS. But then like last night, he went two innings pitched with five earned runs, you know, eight hits, two home runs. I did put... <laughs> fuck that bitch ass motherfucker because I was bitter but (laughs) yeah also like for that reason I'm like I want the Braves to win obviously but now with like Charlie Morton out and stuff I know they just called up Tucker Davison which is exciting I very much like him but now I'm like it was the odds are kind of already stacked against the Braves what are your thoughts on this Braves team now especially without Morton that's a good question. And I'm, and I, I was, 
I wasn't thinking that between Morton and Freed, I felt like they, they definitely had a strong starting rotation. I know that's only two guys, but at the end of the day, if you have two to three solid starters, I think you can do really well. Um, and I have a feeling that Morton was like, so when can I go back out there? I just know he would have done some, but he would have been like serious and, and calm about it. Um, so obviously Freed's, Freed's great. He's, he's had a really successful season. I love what he was doing, um, overall, uh, but their hitting has the Braves hitting has just been phenomenal. Even last night when you watched, you know, Albies come out of the gate and, or Solera come out of the gate and Mm -hmm. you're sitting there like, I, I kind of like usually the world series for us to ease into a game, but the Braves were like, nah, fuck that. We're going to make this interesting. (laughs) And you have to, because I feel like the Braves, you know, we all grew up watching the Braves on TBS and, and we want them to succeed. And a lot of people don't care who wins. As Chipper long as Jones. Not. Yeah. Chipper Jones and Andre Scalaraga, like all these guys, sorry, the dogs are going off, but they're excited about this too. Um, and I, so I feel like it's, it's a cool dynamic from that. We all want Freddie Freeman to win, of course, just a, a great yes. guy and a great family. So I think their hitting is smart They're but they're also, I don't want to say naive. That's not the right word. You want, you want a guy who like when I played, I, I could not hit very well, but when I would just put the bat out there, I would get on base. You haven't, if you have enough of those guys mixed with the veteran mixed with the smart Adam Duvall's of the world, your hitting is going to be very, very solid. And I feel like that's what they're ultimately able to lean on. Bullpen's really, really good. I really like Will Smith, what he's done with that. Um, so they're gonna have to obviously lean into that a little bit more. And you mentioned Valdez, like it goes to show like baseball is going to humble you. And <laughs> Um, I talked to Tony Kemp about it. And one, one day he gave us this really quote, this really great baseball quote saying baseball players are playing a failing game at the highest level. Think about it. You're hitting 333. That means you fucked up twice out of three times. That's bizarre. That is so bizarre. And, and so you have to think about it from that perspective, every single day, especially in a seven game series, you can have that one at bat, that one plate appearance that one pitch that one throw from the outfield that's a game changer so I feel like the Braves have a plenty of guys who are able to be the the heroes and you know you see the just like the amazingness coming out of there and I I'm re- and like I'm really excited to see what they can do but they have the plenty of options to lean on it without without Charlie Morton but it's they they know the home homework they have to do and the stuff they have to prepare for because lord knows they were not expecting to lose Morton he was a a mainstay. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously with everyone's hate for the Astros, I, this is my last question. I think Sarah might have one more for you, but, um, obviously with everyone's hate for the Astros, the bandwagon for the Braves has taken off and baseball Twitter has absolutely run with it. So I realize that this is a dumb reason to want someone for MVP, but I'm obviously cheering for Freddie Freeman for MVP, obviously with like most of baseball Twitter, but I feel like everything that's been talked about is him and how sexy, sexy Dansby Swanson is. So I want to know, um, based off of your predictions for the World Series, who is who is your MVP as of right now with your predictions? Oh, that's tough. I mean, if you base it just on the World Series, I mean, it's very much early to tell, but you know, you have Jock Peterson, who's just like, I feel like overall, he just emulated everything. And, you know, like he had that, that beautiful article that came out in the Players' Tribune yes. that was just like, don't sleep on us. You know, we're going to win this and you need a guy like that. 
and and I think you know Freddie Freeman, of course, is always going to be a mentionable. Um, and but I, I I still think it's a little too early to tell because the Solaire home run could have been a thing. Ozzy Albie's, of course, making that diving catch. Their outfielders have been super strong. Um, but at this moment, I I, I have a feeling that we're going to get a Jock Peterson clutch moment where he could be crowned the MVP. I like that that a lot because you know how they got there. Why am I blanking on the outfielder's name? Damn it. Anyways, but I think I think Peterson's going to be the guy who will come through clutch and and do all of that. Now, Kendra yeah. mentioned Dansby Swanson. This was my most important question. I love Dansby Swanson and Mallory since they're like a power athletic couple. Yes. Who do you think is the better baseball power couple, them or Cole Tucker and Vanessa Hudgens? I'm going Dansby Swanson and I'm Mallory. I'm going Dansby Swanson. Yeah, like like overall power athletic couple great um because i mean i would i would never want to go up against either one of those two when it comes to sports but i feel like i could probably throw harder than vanessa hudgens maybe not by much but then at the end of the day she's that daddy energy she did date zach efron i can't compete with that my credentials can't compete with that that's so fair yeah um so sorry, Rosario, Rosario, Rosario is also a guy that could be an MVP as well. I know okay, I blanked yeah. on his name. I am so sorry. That is so embarrassing, but whatever. No, you're so, so fine. Yeah. It happens all the time. I swear to God, like I'll try and remember someone's name. And then at three in the morning, I will wake up out of dead sleep and be like, oh my God, that's yeah. what I was trying to think of. It's like, I've only been, you know, I should note like one of the best postseason bats right now, but here we are. F it. Yep, it's true. Um, so we, before we get into our tweets of the weekend, let you go. We do have a pop culture segment that we get into every week, and Sarah chose this week's pop culture shit. Um, John Mulaney and Olivia Munn have apparently already broken up. I'm not sure if you know who they are, if you keep up with any of this stuff. Yeah. Rumors of John Mulaney cheating, and Olivia is obviously pregnant. So want to, uh, want to know your thoughts on this. How is he already? I mean, God, guys are the fucking worst, dude. I just can't like, I, um, first of all, like, I'm not surprised. Um, cause men just suck. Um, I, dude, I don't know. I feel like this happens so often that like, unfortunately I'm kind of numb to it. But especially with everything that he went through, because he was getting sober and like leaves his wife and then Mm -hmm. she's obviously devastated. And then you want to be happy. Like you understand, like people aren't always going to stay together forever. And then we're finally adjusting to this new normal see of getting them together and then it doesn't work out. So unfortunately, that's just how life works. And it's easy to cheat these days on social media. So like that is what it is. But I don't know. I, I guess like once you let it sink in, it's like, oh. It's another part of life. That sucks though, man. Come on guys. Like when, I mean, whatever. I'm so sad. I like Kendra knows I love John Mulaney, but I'm like, he's making it so hard for me to root for him still. I'm kind of leaning towards now his ex-wife. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter and or not Twitter, TikTok, Anna Marie Tendler. She just like posts, like there's no worries in the world. I'm like, good for you. You know what? Maybe yeah. I'm a fan of you. Does instead. she like troll any of it? Does she lean into any of it or just like, act oh, no. like never? she happened. doesn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> That's even better. That's great. I love that. <laughs> Sarah had, yeah, Sarah had some hilarious notes in here though. She was like, you know, Olivia has a history of going after taken men. So what goes around comes around. <laughs> That's Pray for the kid though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that going to be an interesting kid. upbringing. Yeah. Especially because oh, he, didn't he just have his first like 
feels like just like six months ago, he went on to a a talk show and said like, oh, yep, we are expecting a baby on the way. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like, okay, great. He's like making their relationship public. And I don't know, you can't take that stuff back. It's not like an Instagram post where you like delete a photo of y'all. Yeah, there's like, that's going to be on on the the internet for evsies but life is crazy relationships people i don't think people know how the like the value and the importance that relationships actually are they just like go with the next thing and whatever it's fine yeah he kind of he he does my biggest thing is that he doesn't strike me as that type of guy but now i can't unsee it and i'm like why is john mulaney like a hot commodity i mean i it's kind of like Jason Sudeikis for me. Like I'm yeah. like, I would give it all up for Jason Sudeikis, like in a heartbeat. I would probably almost give up my career for Jason Sudeikis. I would think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. It just, yeah. It just goes to show that like, you can be not that hot. And as long as you're funny, girls will still fuck you. Yeah, as they see, I I'm love John Laney, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's like, can confirm. I can yeah. confirm this. I just, I would not call him daddy. That is, I just, I wouldn't, you know? That's actually fair. He's not, the, he's not somebody that you would say no. that to. He's, he's more like, but he's like, yeah, I just don't find, and, and yes, he's funny. And I feel like obviously funny is extremely attractive or like I would have half the attention I would like as far as guys go. Good Lord. <laughs> I used to be ugly. I had to be funny, damn it. So I, that's where it comes down to. But I also know that that turns into stuff too, because then we start saying like, oh, we don't care if they're attractive as long as they're funny, they get a complex mm-hmm. and, you know, stand up comedy. I will give them props. It is very much an art. It is very difficult to kind of bring people into that. And I think once you respect that, that's a huge form of attraction that gives them a complex and then they feed off of that. So that's almost better than being hot because if you're hot. You can, just you don't have to do much but if you're funny like you're at least that's at least stuff that you can you know what you're waking up to but they say stuff and you're like okay like this is and funny is very much confused with being intelligent not confused but you can also be funny is also very witty and intelligent and that's just three characteristics emotional characteristics and everything like that this stuff's very fascinating to me but we all know that we all lose our looks one day so they're just speed toward that process (laughs) it's true at least you figured it out early yeah. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my favorite segment, our final segment before we let you go is our tweets, DM, you know, crazy thing that some dude said to you on the internet this week. Um, I know that Sarah asked you to have one ahead of time. I have a few. Sarah, do you have any? I say my only one, I think, is the question we got when we so we were doing a mailbag segment. And we asked for questions. And I didn't even see it until Kendra tweeted from our podcast account. Who is it? Bristol, Connecticut's finest. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see you, you tweet that. That was interesting. Yeah, I would say that's my only one. That one was nice. But other than that, I don't really have any this week. Okay. Okay, I have a couple. So we'll, we'll go to Jess last in case she needs a second to find it. My yeah. first one is from Anthony, the Red Sox fan. He <laughs> DM'd our account. And he DM'd Becca Evaldi and said, go Red Sox, Nate, or go Red Sox, Nathan, get this fire. And she responded and she said, thank you. Tomorrow and Saturday are going to be awesome. Go Red Sox. So you know what? Aww. Good for Anthony, the Red Sox fan. That is bossing. That's sweet. Um, my other one, I'm going to show this on the screen, but I'm going to zoom in so people can't see his name. I was swiping on Hinge this week. 
And I came across this guy's photo. This is all pot. Oh, my oh. God. I'm actually that kind is, of impressed. Me too. I'm like, I'm not even mad. That is garbage bags yeah, full of yeah. weed. Wow. And he had that on a dating app. <laughs> that's one um, way to get like, like killed, I feel. Yeah. I feel like that's not yeah. smart. You don't, yeah. Yeah, wild. Um, Few other quick ones. Hulu tweeting this week and saying, we said yes. Someone asked if we're always horny on Maine. Classic tweet from Hulu. Thank yeah. you for that. Someone D or someone emailed me this week wow. from Instagram and said, hi, saw you on Tinder. I'm not on Tinder. And then my last one is someone named Toggle Nog Shrimp DM'd me them in a Mitt Romney scary Halloween masks that also looks like Tom Brady in the dark and said, hello, I am the failed 2012 Republican presidential candidate Mitt fucking in all capitals Romney. How are you doing? And then two days later just said E and I think I'm going to be murdered. So those are my weird internet interactions this week. Jess, do you have anything of note? Yeah. So I actually do. And this was interesting. So I, I somehow came across this, I want to say like two weeks ago. And I, it was a segment that I did on a Bay area radio spot about a year ago. And I just came across it, you know, you just to preface, if you see anybody talking shit about me on social media, don't send me the tweets. I don't care. I don't want to know. I probably already have them blocked. But this one's interesting because he's actually a sports blogger in the Bay Area, and he's probably one of the most disgusting individuals I've ever come across. So this is about a year ago. I went on the show, and it was during a Bay Bridge series, and I it was a late night. I was laughing with my the host and we're friends just because like it was a funny matchup between these two teams. And so this is the the title of it. It said, "With this host, I won't say the host name." Blank basically got to first base with Jessica Kleinschmidt, and this was just from us talking on the radio blank the guy on blank at night had a date on air with some woman with huge donut holes and a penchant for short skirts she covers the a's her name is jessica kleinschmidt i think that's her name mind you this person has been in my dms for the last four years so he knows exactly who i am and this is a blog that he wrote mind you and she uh reports for nbc sports bay area and then he goes in brackets i'm sure she was hired for her journalistic integrity Anyway, so Blank tried to interview Countess Jessica. I don't know how I became a fucking countess. I'm a damn queen. Anyways, on Friday night after the A's Giants game and the giggling got out of hand. So he attached the audio. I'm pretty sure I was like a glass of wine in. It doesn't matter either way. Or I was delusionally tired. Maybe I was smoking too. I don't know. And he goes, yeah, yeah, he goes, I'll commend Blank because, well, at least we can agree on something. Oh, Nelly, whatever. Um, and then he goes, so they wrote this weird thing and, um, I will commend blank because I believe in the institution of human male priority, which supersedes journalistic integrity. That is. And then he just says, you have to have your options to this guy, but he goes, Oh, and this guy has a wife and family. This guy was never hitting on me. He's a dear friend. I've literally helped him with college classes before. So saying that I was flirting with him is bullshit. This guy literally has credentials to go to Bay Area games and he wrote a disgusting blog about me and then the comments happened which means people will send me dms saying let me check out your donut holes which I don't really know what donut holes are and I don't know what I that I want to know everything like that not to mention this guy's like I've never heard of this girl when he's not only dm'd me but tracked me down with all of my social media stuff and put it on um so then that starts it and then like 
people want to feed off of it. So they'll, they'll, they're comment on things and they're, they're saying I'm fat and stuff like that, all this other stuff. And that turned into weird messages from people saying like, Hey, um, if you're going to flirt with other people in the industry, you should flirt with me type of stuff. So a full on blog was talked about me because I laughed on the radio is what I'm saying. That is fucking terrible. And I don't know if you, I know you don't know this about me, but I started out at 98.5 or is it 98.5? Whatever the games radio station is in San Francisco. 95.7. I started out 98.5 was, that's the hub here. 95.7. I used to be an intern there and I also had some not so nice, not similar interactions, but sexual harassment sort of things in the Bay Area with men in that market. Um, so I don't know what's going on out there because San Francisco is supposed to be, you know, this like kind, loving, you know, hippie town, whatever. And men are fucking running rampant there against female reporters. I was 18 years. And it happens everywhere. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that you're telling me this and I also had really poor, um, you know, scenarios with men in the sports world out there is kind of I I it, it's not a relief to hear but it's sort of just like what is happening I'm so yeah. sorry that that happened to you seriously I mean you know and I don't want to say it's okay because it's definitely not but it was the reason why I got upset was because it was brought to my attention same thing like don't tell me these things yeah. um and then when I brought it up to one of my bosses they're like oh we saw this like a year ago we just didn't want to bring it to your attention I was like I don't care about not bringing it to my attention like why is this guy still allowed to like say this crap so yeah why is she credentialed here. You should lose, like, you should not have a job or a platform Mm -hmm. if you're going to talk to or about women in your, your code. Yeah. And I looked him up and like, there was an article saying that 29 women came forward to file sexual harassment charges against him. And I was like, oh, actually, hello, Deshaun Watson. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, this, okay, this is fine. I get it now. Yeah. Dude, men have, and I know that this is obvious, but men have some fucking balls, bro. Could you imagine if, like, could you imagine if one of us wrote, like, any sort of anything negative about some male reporter in any market? Yeah. Yeah. We would would not have a job, and we'd never. Never. I was just going to say, we would be ex- No. Mm -mm. I agree. And it just, that's what it is. Yeah. And that is why we are having only girls on this show unless they are <laughs> players before games. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone's got to air this stuff out somewhere. <laughs> well, Sarah, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I think we covered everything. That was great. Yeah, yeah no, I had just, fun. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Um, before we let you go, you can follow her on Instagram at Jessica Kleinschmidt and on Twitter at KleinschmidtJD. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, keep on sipping, y'all, and we'll see you next week. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. But Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. But Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Saturday, y'all. Uh.
Saturdays and Celsius <laughs> With your host Kendra and Sarah uh, Y'all know who it is It's your boy K.R. Spot a kiss on the track <laughs> Let's go oh.